This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet who'll be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed, Mr. J. Swa. Rob, what's going on, man? Happy Narctober. How are you doing? How are things? Love Narctober, dude. Coming at you Wednesday the 2nd. Um, glad I could fit you in today. Sorry about last week's Tuesday. I know that really threw you off. Yeah, that's the only reason my, my picks this week were fucking asses because of you changing to Tuesday. My whole feng shui was thrown off, so uh, I'm going to write. Hopefully you can tax dedu- uh, deduct that because uh, it hurt this weekend. It wasn't- <laughs> <laughs> Consult your CPA, bro. <laughs> I don't know your CPA. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good weekend for me on the uh, the betting trail. Uh, college football, I lost two and a half units. I had a four-unit swing with UCLA. I, there's probably a 0% chance anyone watched the UCLA-Arizona game, but uh, I think it ended right before 2 a.m. here on the East Coast, and I was so fucking angry. I tossed and turned for like 30 minutes, which was nice. <laughs> and uh, but Yeah, we got screwed on two fourth and one uh, – ball placements by the refs and i mean one time it happens whatever you know but two times was that the gif like, that you tweeted oh no that was an nfl one gif i don't do gifs bro i don't know you don't do that but um yeah i was pretty pissed but and then i guess i i didn't you know decompress enough because the nfl lost six and a half units and i in, in all seriousness this is this is bound to happen i've talked about this previously and I really was – all my plays, I, I only was upset with one of my plays I chased, which is uh, I like bet the Rams in-game when I, I was just looking at play-by-play data and really had I broken down the game. If I wanted to bet the Rams, I should have just taken the over. Um, so really, in terms of like what we can control as betters, that's the only one I'm like pissed about. But the other game, the other bets I made, I like the bets I made. I did my homework on them. They just, you know, variance is variance, and you know that's how that's how uh, cookie crumbles. But um, yeah, it, it's a it's a normal thing, you know. And, and as some of my buddies who play poker always say, it's like you either win or you get information. And I got plenty of information this week. But it's also just a reminder of the randomness that is is you know anything with sports betting. But you, know, you can't act like you can predict it. Uh, and and. Uh, a lot of the guys I rep, I respect, they got they had a bad weekend as well. And you know, hey, as my dad always says, it's called gambling, not winning. And uh, you guys <laughs> get back on that horse, and uh, you know, not be results oriented. It's easy not to be results oriented once you have a good uh, weekend, but when you have a bad one, it, it's it's a little tough. But uh, I will say one thing: uh, last year when I was doing this full time, it was the only way I was like getting money. It was like, uh, man, this really sucks. And you just like you're in the shower thinking about it. You're trying to go to the gym, get your mind off of it. I will say this whole full-time work, it's been nice. Been busy at work, forgetting about it, getting ready for this week. So staying in that routine. And that's really all you got to do. You just got to put the past behind you, take what you can from it, and move on to the next week and have that next play mentality. But um, now, now that it is recorded and you have admitted guilt, you will be getting that bill for this weekend. So uh, just check the mail for that. Yeah, send it to my lawyer's office, dude. Sounds good. 
Well, you know, I you're regular in small claims court, so I don't know what's the threshold for that because this might have gone to large large claims. <laughs> in Arizona, <laughs> I think it's three grand, maybe. Uh, okay, okay, actually, it wasn't that bad then. So yeah, I'll see you in small claims. See you there. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a wacky uh, week in the NFL. Uh, seven out of the nine road underdogs won outright. That wasn't just covering; they actually won the game outright. Uh, one of the two teams I didn't win was the the Redskins. You can count on the Redskins when they're when they're expected to lose, they will lose. They're own four. I don't know why I didn't just put all of my retirement on the under for them, but yeah, that's for another day. Uh, college football was decent. I I, I watched a lot of it. Uh, I had more live bets than anything else. Um, I, one thing is if you're betting college football, you really should be using the S and P Plus rankings. Uh, it's a ESPN provided Bill Connolly is the ESPN college football writer. He used to be at SB nation. He, he does really good previews and, and it's pretty much the closest thing to Ken Palm. So if you bet college basketball, Ken Palm is kind of like the gospel for analytics, uh, for, for college basketball betting. He's pretty much the closest thing for publicly available power rankings. Uh, so you definitely, if you're betting college football, you should at least look at those and read his content. Uh, you will become more knowledgeable, just just that alone. But you should definitely be incorporating that into your handicap. Uh, but that, that's pretty much it uh, from the reviewing of the previous week. Like I said, it is in October. It is baseball season. Um, pretty much after July, I like put baseball to the side for two months, and now it just reappears. And I will say one good thing about the kind of age we're in with baseball is there are some amazingly stacked teams because there's so many teams tanking. It's like all these teams. I mean, some of the guys who were like pinch hitting last night for the, for the nationals are just like, you know, or like, you know, uh, platoon players are just really good players. Uh, so it is going to be really fun, especially when you see the, the Dodgers and like the Astros play. I mean, these teams are just freaking stacked. Uh, but I did do a – I posted an article on my website. It's called uh, MLB, uh, kind of like reviewing the, the regular season, so like a post-mortem, so looking over at, at the over preseason over-unders for each team by division, and then a small betting preview. Uh, Rob, did you get a chance to take a look at that, and did anything jump out to you? I did. I did. I'd, I'd like to just express my displeasure at having like reading assignments, but whatever. Um <laughs> Yeah, so this is the one where you talked about you went through kind of MLB by divisions and you talked about who hit the over and who hit the under um, kind of broken down by division and like by how much they did. Yeah, exactly. And I'll kind of just go over it because it's not it's not a long article at all, but just kind of highlight some of the points I, I wanted to go at. So before we go over division by division, the reason I do it this way is because in the MLB, the way the schedule is formatted, 47% of your games are against your division, the, the teams in your division. So when we look at these overs and unders, there's so much correlation between knowing all the teams in the division. So, you know, you might not necessarily think, um, you know, much of the Mets or the, the Phillies, but if you give them in context with what the entire the rest of the division is doing, it, it should make you, you know, change your opinion on at least the number of wins they're going to get just based on the schedule differences. So once again, 47% of your games are versus your division. 40% of your games are, are against the division, or excuse me, against your league, but the teams that are not in your division. So 
for this example, I, I want to use, let's use the AL Central because this is one of the bets I made. And this was really the reason why I made the bet. I had the Twins over, I think, 84 games. And I think they won 100 games this year. And the reason I had that is, yes, yeah, so their preseason was 84 and they won 101 games. So the reason I took the Twins was I knew the Royals and the Tigers were they're in complete tank mode, complete rebuilding mode. And their preseason win totals were 69 and 68, respectively. And they both went well under. So the Royals were 69, and they only won 59 games. The Tigers were projected to win 68 games. They won 47 games. They won over by more than 20 uh, wins. That's crazy. Uh, But I essentially took the Twins because I knew that they were going to play those two teams. And then the White Sox, once the White Sox didn't sign Manny Machado, they essentially had no incentive to – they knew they weren't going to compete this year. So you essentially now have a two-horse race with the Twins and the Indians to win that division. And what's important about that is 40% of, 47% of your games, if you're the Twins, are going to be the Indians, the White Sox, the Royals, and the Tigers. So two of those teams aren't trying to win. The third is pretty much not trying to win. And the fourth is your competition, which is going to be high leverage games. So what it allows you to do is to you know go, go over on those teams. And, and really, you know, they, they just have to have maybe a 65 to a 70% win rate against those terrible teams and, and pretty much play 500 or even just below 500 ball against the rest of the teams, which is very easy to do in baseball if you're actually trying to win. But what we see nowadays is – the embracing of tanking. So there was a book that came out a couple years ago that, that's really kind of been hitting the hashtag analytics community called Astro Ball. Um, have you heard of this book at all, Rob? I think I've heard of it. Definitely haven't read it. Okay. So essentially what happened was is in 2014, um, Sports Illustrated had a very controversial uh, cover, and it was – so in the summer of 2014, this is in a season in which the Astros finished in last place. But they put it on the cover, just trying to sell magazines in the middle of July. Like we said, there's nothing going on in sports in the middle of July. But they said 2017 uh, World Series champs, you know, essentially projecting that, hey, in three years, this team's going to win the World Series. And they did. They <laughs> so, so essentially, the book looks at the plan that the organization did. And the owner, it was top-down decision did and it was all about essentially tanking you know scouting getting in the best talent you can getting a surplus of players building and then saving saving your money now to then invest it once you are competing so now that it's kind of commonplace that teams are openly tanking and winning um you're getting copycats so the orioles here we hired the assistant gm he's now the gm for uh the orioles now and, you know, we just went out and just had our, our second, you know, we, we won 54 games. And so, you know, back-to-back years, we think won less than 60 games. And pretty much here, I, I remember this being a big thing because I was at Easter this year, and I was talking to my aunt about the Orioles. And she's like, yeah, you know, well, the plan is to lose for a couple of years. And I was like, holy shit, my fucking aunt. My fucking aunt is, like, on board with this shit. Like, so like what? I was like, I don't have to explain this to, like, my aunt. Like, she's like, yeah, yeah, Michael Elias is on here, and, you know, he was talking about – you know, it's gonna it's process, and I was like, "Holy shit! Let me have another deviled egg." Like, <laughs> so, then that's what we're at right now. So, you know, in the AL, so five of the six worst teams in the in the in the all of baseball were in the were in the AL. 
So the other 10 teams in the AL, you know, there's so much value in just, you know, betting the overs on those teams because they're playing so many games, nearly 80% of those games, you know, 70% of those games against tanking teams almost, you know, it's like 60 or 70%. So, I mean, that's just something that we need to look at because that, that edge is not going to be there much longer. I mean, you look at the worst teams this year and they miss by a, a, a lot of games. So, you know, it used to be like, you know, Vegas, you'd usually been, be around like a standard deviation of like three or four games. But like I said, the Tigers missed by 20 games off their projections because we're kind of in this unprecedented era of these teams are not trying to win fucking ball games here. And the market will, you know, catch up. It's just a matter of how long. But yeah, the Orioles were projected to win 59, by far the lowest I think ever Vegas put out. And they, they were under by five games. Blue Jays were 74. They were under by seven games. The Royals were 69. They were under by 10 games. Uh, Marlins were 63 and a half. You know, they missed it by six games. You know, it's just these teams are being are just terrible. And then conversely, you get the top teams are 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 you know doing the opposite. So the Dodgers had 92 and a half projected wins. They had 106. Uh, the Astros 96 and a half wins. They had 107. Minnesota Twins 84. They had 101. So it's just showing you the variability of this now is is so wide and. And another statistic that kind of backs that up is from 2005 to 2015, there were a total of five 100-win teams and only a total of seven subs or below 60-win teams. This year alone, there were four 100-win teams and four sub-60-win teams. So it's just showing you that now these teams are embracing tanking it's kind of like we have to look at, you know, looking at data from the past isn't going to help us. So we're going to have to kind of connect the dots here. And now that tanking is going to the NFL with the Dolphins, you know, that window is creeping in there. So it's just something we need to be aware of, and that's something we can take advantage of. You know, like I said, now when my aunt is talking to me and understanding about tanking, it's like, holy shit, this has left, you know, my my little echo chamber of gambling Twitter to like, wow, like this is going to the main stream. So as betters, we got to kind of have to be aware about this, uh, aware of this. So uh, does that does that make any sense there, Rob? Inequality, dude, inequality out of control. If I could do a good Bernie Sanders impression right now, I would, <laughs> but I haven't been practicing. I'll bring that next time. Please do. Please do. Um, but yeah, I mean, and really, I, you know, I hate to talk about them, but I always do. It's really the, the opposite of the Redskins. The worst thing to be is in purgatory. You don't want to be an eight and eight purgatory. You want to either be competing for a championship or you want to be rebuilding so that in two, three, five years, you can be competing for a championship. So yeah. All right. That's the last time I mentioned the Redskins, I promise. Um, but anyway, so we, we can do like a brief preview of the playoffs um, there was an interesting article I, I sent to you and I'll, I'll tweet out and it's, um, kind of mentioned, but, uh, professor Lopez is a statistician at a, a small college and he does a lot of just really cool nerdy, uh, stat tweets and things of that nature. And I, I'll mention it on my, my Twitter so you can follow him if you're interested, but he, he just put a, a tweet reminding people of, of the randomness involved in the playoff time and how uh, essentially just over 60% of the time, the better team advances in the MLB, NHL, and the NFL playoffs. Whereas the NBA, the better team advances in terms of the series 80% of the time. And that's due to a number of things. Um, 
MLB, NHL, NFL, they're much more random. One game's much more random. Um, and even a, a series is more random than the NBA. The NBA, it's not, there's not as much parody because it's so star driven. Uh, but, but I thought this was a really interesting uh, statistic. So to put that in, into perspective, to get the same results as the NBA in a best of seven, where 80% of the time the better team wins, in the NFL you'd have to play a best of 11. Remember, they only play a best of one, the whole any given Sunday thing. In the NHL, you'd have to play a best of 51 to get 80% of where the better team advances. And in the MLB, you'd have to pl uh, play best of 75 where the, the better team advances. Now, obviously, that number is going to change based if you have an extremely dominant team or vice versa. But on average, that's what the numbers are, which is, I think, pretty pretty hilarious. Just imagine a best of 75 series. But, um, and, and then you also got to remember the difference in the playoff round. So the NFL, the top two teams, they get a bye. Okay? Whereas the MLB, there's really no difference between the one through the three seed because they all get a bye. And of course, there's home field advantage, but home field advantage in baseball is much less than people think. It's about a 4% edge. Um, and then the NHL, which is like notoriously the most difficult to win a championship in. So it's three rounds to the finals, no buys. You have to win 16 uh, games to win a title. You know, you, you do get home ice, but it's minimal as well. Now, the NBA has that same exact format, but the major difference between the NHL and the NBA is that the NHL is the ultimate team sport. It, you know, the best players who are, who are not goalies, they sit for more than half the game. So, you know, your Alex Ovechkin is the world. There's a 60-minute game. He probably plays about 20 to 25 minutes a game. Also, the cap season starts tonight. Go Caps. Um, and whereas the NBA, you know, the LeBron James in a playoff game, he never comes out. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, guys like that, the best player never comes out. And also the difference between first to 10th in terms of like the best players is way different than it is in hockey and really any other sport. You know, the, the, the first and second and third best players are so much better than the 10th or 12th best player. Whereas in hockey, it's really not that big of a deal or a difference. And same with baseball, um, and, and really any of the other major sports. Uh, so my advice for the NHL bet uh, you know, wait for a team to kind of fall during the regular season. And that was like hot projected well beginning of the year. Wait from the fall the beginning of the season and build up a little momentum and then take a bet on them. So last year, the St. Louis Blues won. Obviously, it's not going to happen every year. But last year, the St. Louis Blues, they were the worst team in the NHL in January. So like about 40% through the season, they were the worst team in the NHL. Then they won like 10 straight and ended up, you know, getting in the playoffs, playing, making some trades, and then they won the whole freaking thing. So it, it's definitely that's, – that's the way to bet. I don't bet NHL game to game, but for futures aspects, uh, there's a I, – I retweeted a guy who posted his preseason picks. He's the guy who was telling everyone that would listen to bet on the Blues in February. And I, I put like, you know, 30 bucks on it at 100 to 1 uh, when he did. But it hit. And, and, you know, so it's definitely something I'm, I'm incorporating in my handicap. Um, but for the MLB, it's very similar. I, you know, I have I have some futures up that I posted as well. I have the, the Nationals to uh, to win the National League at 16 to 1 and to win the World Series at uh, 37 and a half to 1. I have the A's to win the AL at uh, 32 to 1, I think. And then the, the Astros to win the AL at uh, just over 2 to 1. I just took the Twins at nine and a half to one 
they are playing the Yan- they only have to win two series to win that bet, which is pretty incredible. And they're playing the Yankees, which is just going to be a home run derby the first round, and it's a five game series, which is just ultra random. So there's definitely value on that. And um, I've been looking at a couple other bets. I might hedge a little with the Dodgers because they're playing the Nats, but. The Nats are actually they. You'd rather play the Dodgers in a five-game series than a seven-game series because it's a smaller sample size. So you'd you'd actually rather play them this round than in the NLCS. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really bet baseball individually. It's just so incredibly random. But that's what I have going into the playoffs. Anything jump out to you? I know that's kind of like higher-level stuff, but that's some stuff I want to introduce to. Uh, people, and I'm going to put this in the show notes because I know it's quite dense, so people can kind of digest that. But is there anything that jumped out to you with that? Yeah, I'm curious as to so like the NFL and the college stuff we talked about so far. You're very like uh, bankroll management unit focused, so it's like always a unit or half a unit. So I'm interested in how you got to like a super small like blues bet, right? Do you just right. mix those in when you see good opportunities? It was truly like. Um, Cause I was living in Vegas through like just checking odds every day. Like I was fucking checking like golf odds. Like I don't know nothing about golf, but just because I had like 20 sports, but I had like 20 markets essentially mm-hmm. where if, you know, I click one button, I get access to these numbers. So if, if one was just like way, way off, even if I knew nothing about it, just because wisdom of the crowd, you know, if 19 mm-hmm. of the 20 books have this at five to one, but this one place is offering at 30 to one, like I'm going to bet that 31, even if I don't know what I'm even betting on, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I kind of saw this guy on Twitter who's like getting a bunch of retweets and and I heard him talk. He's like on a couple of shows that I, I know, but I don't listen to that portion because I didn't cover the NHL. But he was like essentially telling me, I was like, yeah, you like bet on the blues. Like this team is is for real. So I was like, okay, like let me just siphon off. Like the way I looked at it was like, you know, hey, I'll, I'll cook for like the, the next the, all weekend instead of like go eating out and, and just like here, put that 30, you know, 30 bucks on it for like entertainment value. And I was like, holy shit, and, you know, watching it and whatnot. And then, oh, here's the other thing. All eight division winners last year lost in the first round. So all the – essentially one seed all lost. So you not only lost, they lost, like, Tampa Bay Lightning, who were, like, a dynasty team. They got swept by the fucking Blue Jackets. Columbus, dude. Fucking Alex Mapes. Fucking – Yeah. I mean, it's just it, – hockey is just so random. Uh, but yeah, all eight division winners lost. I mean, it's the first time it's ever happened, but just kind of to illustrate that point. Now, to be fair, the NBA is going to be probably the most parity it's had in about 25 years. So it, it's going to be a hell of a year for the NBA. Um, I, I don't really bet the NBA, but I'm kind of treating this as a, a learning year, uh, especially because I'm getting more into NFL DFS and I want to get into NBA DFS, Daily Fantasy. And uh, we actually are going to do a fantasy a season long, an old school uh, fantasy basketball league so please reach out if you want in on that um, we've already had a couple people ask us about it so we're, we're definitely going to do a league and help us kind of follow uh, you know follow the league a little bit better and also we get to talk a little shit also I get to you know try to avenge what was it <clears throat> when you beat me I had a fucking undefeated dude I'm so so pissed yeah so we'll do that so please reach out if you if you want to be a part of that uh, I'll be doing an NBA preview in about a couple of weeks once that, that comes out. Really just kind of showing, you know, who's the favorite, who's expected to do what. And when I post those things, like when I post that MLB thing about the postmortem kind of wrapping up this season, I do that because that's the information I look at when I start next February looking at the new season. You know what I mean? So like all this stuff that I post and all that, it's just – 
I, I've been doing it on my own. So I had friends who were like, well, why don't you just post that stuff? Like, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. So instead of them all just being like Word documents at my on my computer, like, I was like, oh, I guess I'll just put them on a website or something. So, um, but it's good to get my thoughts and, and stuff out there and get feedback because I've had so many people reach out to me and they've, They've been like, oh, yeah, you taught me, you know, about this or that. And I was like, oh, it did? I was like, oh, shit, I should take my own advice. Like, thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, please reach out for that. Uh, but before we get into the old week five uh, picks for the Super Contest, is uh, there anything you want to go over, Rob? Yeah, dude. Um, so I'm doing pretty good in fantasy, um, mostly using your list. So thank you for that. I'm also using... You know, elbow grease and intuition, which is great when you know nothing about the NFL. I'm looking for a flex start for this week uh, between Robbie Anderson on the Jets at Philadelphia or uh, Carlos Hyde at Atlanta or Debo Samuel home against Cleveland. Uh, What kind of league are you in? Are you PPR? No. Okay. Well, I was hoping you would not know that off the bat so I could do a little research. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me get back to you on that. I, my gut is telling me just uh, go with the gut. Hyde, Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, it's how you do your investments, right? You just go with the yeah. gut. Yeah, would, basically. Uh, Carlos, <laughs> Carlos Hyde has been producing well. Uh, Robbie Anderson is just a lot of question mark. Oh, wow. I just pulled up the rankings and Robbie Anderson is like four behind or four six behind Carlos Hyde for this week. That's really funny. So yeah, Carlos Hyde, send it in. Sorry. Although although there is game theory, like um your flex should be I'm your playing the I'm playing against the best team in the league who's like okay. likely to crush me. Well see that this is good then. And you probably want to actually probably look at maybe Debo because and here's another pro tip for you uh boys and girls out there. Your flex should be your somebody playing like the night game or at least the afternoon game. So you can kind of have this flexibility of putting somebody in. That's why they call it a flex for you keeping score at home. Um, and so that's the scenario. So let's say you're up real big, then you'd want to play like a safer running back because the floor is so much higher, but the ceiling's not as high. But mm-hmm. if you're playing some, you know, shark out there that, that's pretty good then yeah you probably want to let see how the first games you know games go if you have a chance then i'd probably play high but if you're like really down then you kind of need that home run th- uh, throw and i would put debo samuel in then debo's a monday game so i'm gonna do that yeah is is monday still after sunday i don't know check ask your cpa okay let me small claims let me put that in there okay <laughs> your honor <clears throat> your honor uh, but yeah, so yeah, a little game theory never hurt anyway. Uh, but yeah, thanks for asking about my my twenty uh, twenty six leagues. I'm doing really well, thank you. Went sixteen and ten this last week. <clears throat> uh, moving forward, uh, the Rays are up one zero on the uh, on the old A's. Long game. And but hey, let's get to the old football. Little plinko as they call the NFL. So once again, these are not picks. This is just if I had to pick on Wednesday. Uh, for the super contest lines, what I would pick, uh, both the winner and against the spread. So first game here, Seahawks versus the Rams. Um, this is a I'm a noted Jared Goff hater on the road. Uh, take Seahawks minus one and to win the game. Uh, Ravens minus three and to win the game. Uh, Ravens look terrible. Um, they 
went from being like definitely going to win the AFC North to uh, fuck my life. The Browns are the best team ever again. So, but that's the way a cookie crumbles. But I think the line, it was four before Monday night's game. Pittsburgh looked great, and it's now down to three. Um, John Harbaugh is a great coach. He's going to have him ready for this game. Or he's not, and I'll lose more money, which, fuck him. But uh, <laughs> moving on to <laughs> – a little bitter about that. I, you know, I had a four to one ticket that I thought it was my fault. I, I was boasting on Friday that it's like this is in the bag, and then this is my nightmare happens Sunday. Yeah, well, it's gambling. Anyways, um, <laughs> Bears play uh, Chicago in London because why wouldn't they? And I'll take the Bears minus five and a half. They have a two. I would give them a two, maybe three point increase. The fact that Mitch Trubisky is no longer the quarterback, but him getting hurt is the best thing to happen to that team. Chase Daniel is not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. And with that defense, they don't need to to win. He doesn't need to win any games. Um, so I'll do Bears to win the game in minus five and a half. Bengals versus the uh, Cardinals. I have to admit, I am a little scared about what's going on with the Cardinals. I knew that they were going to play a tough first four games, but the success they had against the Ravens, in week two gave me like a lot of confidence and like, okay, yeah, this offense is clicking. They're doing it. And now the Ravens defense isn't looking as good. And now there's more tape on Kyler Murray. So I was definitely very bullish. I'd say bullish on them. I was bullish on them from a fantasy perspective, but from the team, I was never really, really high on, but the Cincinnati team is not good, but they're at home. They're winless. Uh, So I'll take Bengals minus three and to win the game. Minnesota is five minus five and a half. I like them to win the game and to uh, cover. I'm actually probably going to bet this game. I'm going to hopefully it gets down to four. I can take get that key number of four. But as long as it's other under six, I'm going to be on on Minnesota here. Kirk Cousins plays well against bad teams. He plays poorly against good teams. It's his mo. Um, New England versus Washington. Rob, you have a you think who I'm I'm going to pick for this game there, Rob? New England Patriots versus the Washington. <laughs> I'll actually step in and do the pick. New England is a is a lock, baby. Strong team, shit team, easy peasy, easy money sniper. Yeah, bet fucking New England. Who cares what the number is? Yeah, who honestly? Who cares? Who gives a shit? I, I actually may lay this because New England look, offense looked terrible. Buffalo looked so good last week. They they outplayed them. They they fucking let a block punt. New England beat them on special teams. That's what it was. But yeah, I, I my prediction for this game is um, thirty-five to three. Okay, write this down. John Gruden is fired two hours after game time. Okay, <laughs> two hours after game. The game should end probably four o'clock uh, Eastern. Oh, it sounds like it'll be really stomping on. So maybe like three forty-five. You know, kind of just bleed out the clock. He'll be fired before six p.m. Six p.m. Uh, Sunday. Okay, that's my call of the week. Uh, Jets at Philadelphia. Uh, I would go Jets plus 13, Eagles to win the game. Uh, Tampa at New Orleans. I go uh, Tampa plus three, uh, Tampa to win the game. Atlanta at Houston. I go Falcons to cover, Houston to win the game. Uh, Bills at Tennessee. I go Bills to cover, uh, Titans to win the game. Chargers at or hosting Denver. I go Chargers minus six and a half uh, and to win the game. 
Uh, Green Bay at Dallas. I'll go Green Bay with the extra rest. Good defense, extra rest. And plus three and a half and to win the game. And then Kansas City to win the game, but Colts to cover, plus 11. And then uh, San Francisco minus three and a half hosting Cleveland. So this was overreaction one week to the next. So they looked ter- Cleveland looked terrible two weeks ago. Kind of everyone overreacted. Now they look like gods last week. I think they're somewhere in the middle. San Francisco's off a bye. They uh, they have better coaching that that should show. So I'll probably I actually probably look to bet that game as well once we get there. I'll post all these games. Like I said, once the, these are not bets. These are just if I had to pick on Wednesdays, uh, the winner as well as uh, the cover. And I kind of just get to briefly talk about each game. I will post my picks. Um, I also, I think I'm going to try to be social this weekend, Rob. I, it wasn't very so. Friday night I went out in Baltimore, but Saturday and Sunday I was not very social. And uh, I watched maybe too much football, if yeah. that's possible. If that's possible. So I might, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies this weekend. and mm-hmm. uh, Or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Any weekend plans for you there, Rob? Ooh, good question. Um, yes, going to San Diego. It's my girlfriend's birthday tomorrow, so we're taking a little vacay. We're going to go oh, to the man. beach, eat sushi, do things, you know, San Diego stuff. Yeah, high-stress environment. Yeah, I, um, I I won't be watching too much football. So. Yeah, what did you tell me about the Padres? So you spent a summer in, in San Diego, was it 2012? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you told me the Padres Stadium is the highest sporting event you've ever been around. I think you told me. <laughs> it's just like the most people who are stoned at the yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. highest person. You said it was just like you went there and like you could you could like hear four people cheering loudly. Everyone else <laughs> yeah. shades on and like yes. a bat. <laughs> got a Padres and hat. They serve. It's, San Diego is like such like a craft beer city. They serve the strongest beer. It's <laughs> real blitzed off like gummies and drinking like two very strong beers and just absolutely zombied in the crowd. I don't know why Machado went there. I guess it was the money, but whatever. Uh, why don't you just read back what you just fucking said? <laughs> it sounds like a fun place to play baseball though. Yeah. It sounds like a fun place to live. You can't, I can't yeah. believe LA and fucking San Diego are that close together. Let so yet so different, um, you know, big picture, but that's for another podcast. Um, Love me some San Diego. He, you remember Manny said, he's like, I'm not a Johnny Hustle type of guy. And then he went to San Diego. It's <laughs> yeah, like, true. my fucking guy, my dude. My dude. But yeah, always will love Manny. Um, that was my like 2000, 2012 fantasy baseball team name. Before, like, you know, he was like, you know, just destroying in like single A. Mm-hmm. Went to his first game against the Royals. Like that was, that was the same summer, summer of 2012. Yeah. A lot of fun. Tight, dude. Memories. All right, dude. Well, um, we can watch some baseball. Uh, I'm sure you'll you'll be watching on the NFL, and I think we'll see everybody uh, next week. Roger that. Peace, gang. Ciao.